Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 174. John and Wendy, ask us anything again and again and again. <laughs> I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, it's 174, one away from 175, and it has become our tradition we like to celebrate the number before. So yes. congratulations on 174 episodes of The Numbered Show. Of The Numbered Show. <laughs> did you just open a... It sounded like you're I did. You said, what's in your glass? <laughs> I'm having... What's in my... I'm having... Coke Zero. Yeah. Oh, and I was really hoping it was like a beer that you're doing, pulling the pot. You, you know the yeah. old-fashioned beer tabs? Yes. That had that really good... Sound. Yes. Yeah. No, I no. It's just a soda, sadly. Or I don't know, uh, sadly. But anyhow, well, we're we're celebrating 174. Yes. Before we get too far though, we did want to mention our great, great friend Tina Marie Woolfield yeah. is getting ready to host an in-person and virtual conference. That's awesome. I I kudos to her for, for pulling that off and and in July, no less. So that's coming up really fast. In July, we're going to have a link in the show notes. This is the HR Unite conference. Yep. It's going to be in Frankenmuth, Michigan. There is the in-person as well as virtual options. Everybody knows how we feel about Tina Marie. She's amazing. She's, awesome. and she's actually got several of our previous guests and friends of the show. Yep. Tom Daniels is speaking. Eric Kershaw speaking. Credits are available to attend. So, again, we'll have it in the show notes. Yep. But we wanted to give Tina Marie a quick shout-out yes. for that conference. Because, again, Wendy, it's hard to believe we are starting to see some of these things coming back to in person and yeah, I know yeah. that'll be a great event for everyone involved. Definitely. Well, we're, you know, we're starting disrupt planning again. So awesome. Um, we'll talk more about that as that gets closer. Cause that'll be in the fall, but yeah, be nice to be back in person and seeing people again, probably not too much till next year is my guess. Probably be few and far between until 22. I hopefully. So. And, I, and I think that's going to come up a little bit later based on some of the things that we got in, but <laughs> I wanted to talk for just a couple minutes to back in, I guess it was February. I think it was, we did a state of the podcast and I don't know about you, but I've been so, so happy with where things have gone in the last many months. I think we explained to folks that we were going to do things maybe a bit differently than what we've done before, or we were going to go try different things. Mm -hmm. I feel like the guests we've had, the, the British invasion, I'm just really happy with where we are, and I feel like we've got some other things planned and we're continuing to work on. I feel a lot better about where we are than where we were in February. I don't know about you, but that personally, I just, I, I'm so thrilled. And as we've talked about several times, the listenership mm -hmm. is continuing to grow, particularly in the international areas. Yep. And wow, it's just, it's mind boggling. It's absolutely mind boggling. It is. I, it's, it's so hard for me to have this thought that people who speak different languages are listening to us. And I know in the U.S. we're pretty in our bubble when it comes to other languages, but I still find that fascinating that people are listening to us in other countries. And, you know, we put the call out all the time. But, yeah, if you're listening out there, please reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening. We want to know. We want to talk to you. We, I would love to do a, you know, a, another country invasion, you know, an Australian invasion, you know, a an Asian invasion. I don't know. <laughs> how we would do that, but I would love to have more international shows like that. I think it's a reality that we are going to make that happen. I think as long as we keep asking and people keep yeah. responding and we'll keep reaching out to those of you that we've gotten to know, mm -hmm. particularly those that participate in the chats, 
and we really get to know people there. But it, again, if you are listening and are interested in at least talking to us to see if it might be something you'd like to do, let's let's talk more yeah. because that I think that's that has been something particularly in the last year, Wendy, that I would have never imagined that we'd say we were speaking to folks in India or that we no. did an entire month of British guests and right. you know and, and these different conversations we're having. And then to do the host swap, which was tremendous fun to listen to, for to doing more things like that. And, you know, again, we're going to be talking more about that as the show goes on. But I wanted to thank all of you that are listening for staying engaged, supporting, doing all the things you're doing. I personally feel like we've made some changes that maybe are not glaring, but feel feel better to me and hopefully to you and, and hopefully for the listeners. We have the best community. You know, we have the best fans. I know I'm biased when I say that, but, you know, we have a very loyal set of fans. And so I appreciate each and every one of them. And, you know, one good thing that came out of the pandemic is we all made more of an effort to connect with people virtually. You know, we could have been doing Zoom calls and Zoom happy hours for a long time, um, but the pandemic just kind of pushed that out there. So I'm glad that we were able to find that shining light an otherwise difficult time. Uh, one of my memories, my Twitter memories was, uh, yeah, we're taking a break. John and Wendy are taking a Sunday off because we had done like eight weeks in a row. <laughs> Sounds about right. I know I speak for you, John. We appreciate all of you for being a part of the community through the difficult times and sticking with us. And now here we are, 174. Never would have dreamt. Well, I guess now I would. <laughs> It is an Ask Us Anything show. Mm -hmm. However, with one of the things that we started doing this year, which has been tremendous fun, is crowdsourcing questions for guests Mm -hmm. and from guests. We always talk about, Wendy, that we're glad we don't have to answer many of them because they are challenging and thought-provoking. We picked a few that we were going to pitch and and talk a little about. easy ones. Well, it's something (laughs) we really enjoyed. I'll start with the first one, and that is Katrina Kibben asked, what do you, Wendy, do to make the world a better place? This? Yeah, well, you know, actually, the podcast, the community, um, from an HR world perspective, I've got, raise, I'm raising Girl Scouts, which is fantastic. I'm making ice cream out of beer. So what else could I possibly <laughs> be doing to make the world a better place? <laughs> Makes it a happier place, I can say that much. I look forward to trying it sometime. We can figure out how to get past those dairy rules and oh. ship it. Yeah, it's it, that is challenging. I tell you what, right now I've got the uh, South Dakota Department of Agriculture talking with the uh, community commercial kitchen here in Brookings to try and figure out if I can use that commercial kitchen. So fingers crossed that that will work. So I've almost got all the hurdles crossed there. And if not, hey, it's fun making it. <laughs> We're pulling for you because we want to see it. And hey, yes. How many HR podcasts can claim to have an ice cream? Oh, yeah. There will be an HR social hour ice cream brand or version. I will have to figure out what what it is and what's in it, but we will have one. Maybe that's a question we could add to our rotation to ask people maybe what they want. Maybe it'll probably have to be a little nutty or bananas. Ah, Oh, yeah. We'll figure it out. (laughs) I'm totally in. I'm totally in. All right. How about you, John? What do you do to make the world a better place? I think it all starts local. I would say certainly try to do things to improve 
HR and practitioners and people that we know or that we don't know that maybe are listening and glean something from these conversations that we have not only with each other, but with our peers. I tried to make sure that I raised two reasonably well-adjusted young men that could go out in the world and be productive citizens and be good people. And so far, that seems to have worked out rather well. I've been very pleased. It is hard to believe. Uh, we talked about in a, the previous episode with Tom Daniels that my younger son Daniel did indeed graduate. What I did not get to tell at the time was that he was actually chosen by the head of school to speak on behalf of the senior class, which was a phenomenal experience. And the old man cried when he quoted Rush (laughs) because I said that was the one thing he had to do. The late great Neil Peart would say, and he he quoted uh, the Sun League Side Park and dad got choked up and it was very touching. But, you know, he did a phenomenal job try to do that and been really fortunate over the years to get to know a lot of people in the Richmond area when it comes to helping people with job search and resumes and interviewing and just trying to get them better situated, working with the Workforce Development Board and those kind of things. I like to think all those things help along the I way. I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, Simon Cookson asked, what does being human at work mean to you? I love the fact that we're talking about these things more often talked about whole self and real self. And remember that conversation with Vadim a while back about, you know, what if the real self is a jackass? And, and he's got a point. <laughs> there is something to be said for, particularly over the last 15, 18 months, mm-hmm. we are all struggling in some way, shape or form, some more than others. It is okay to express that and be, I get, I guess, a bit more compassionate. I think people often look at us and I say we and us collectively as HR professionals that it's the compliance police. It's it's bad if HR and I hate and I, I hate that for us because many of us don't want to be that. I think right. the community that we have been part of and nurtured over the last many years, that's not what the audience and the people that we run with, that's not how they want to be. I think they want to make it a better place, a place where people can voice concerns and frustrations and show some type of emotion. I think the being human piece, we have to demonstrate that. Yeah. And, and show that it's okay and acknowledge not everything has been okay. That's some of the conversations I've been having with people over the last many months, particularly as we start to bring people back in. We all have to understand we're all in different places. How do we work with those folks that are maybe struggling a bit more than others and how, do, how maybe there's some uh, accommodation needed in certain areas? It's having those, it's having, being willing to have those conversations and knowing, as I've said many, many times, we're dealing with the strangest commodity on the planet when we're dealing with other human <laughs> beings. We're all in this together. And I think that's the other piece of this too, is that it shouldn't be us versus them. How are we making it better for everybody? Because if we're all more productive, we're generating more revenue. If we're in a revenue generating type of organization, that's better for everybody. Right. Ultimately. Right. And if, if I'm fulfilled and learning and continuing to grow and get better, what about you? What do you think being human means? I, I think I, you know, I have to agree. I think there's, you know, it's bringing your empathetic self to work rather than your authentic self, showing empathy. As we are doing more DEI training in my office, one of the things that the team sent out recently was on emotional intelligence, knowing that we're humans, we're with, we have feelings, you can't turn your feelings off at the front door, but just having that ability to better read people um, and be empathetic. Like you said, we're all going through something, allowing people to be human. Reigning in the jackasses, obviously. You can't be your full self at work, but I think there's a little more grace in being human at work. 
Natalia Edmondson asked, when you look back over the last 12 months, where do you believe you've been most impactful? This is a tough question. I don't know why I selected it, but I did. <laughs> I think I've the place I've been most impactful is taking advantage of those opportunities to connect with people around the world and um, taking advantage of those virtual happy hours, which were sometimes painful after you've been, you know, on uh, online all day and then to, to jump online again. You know, one of the things you liked about happy hours was not being behind a computer anymore, but being able to connect with people and reaching out and continuing to make those connections because, you know, it, it's going to be a while before we're all in, together in person. And this is just one way for us to keep that connection and continue growing it. That's what I'm going to say. How about you? Where have you been most impactful? At the beginning of the pandemic, I would have said I would have been most impactful working with people in our community to try to improve their situations or get through some of the fear, right? Because I think we were all afraid. We didn't know it was invisible, invisible bad guy that we didn't really know how to handle. And so doing all the extras that we did. Mm -hmm. However, I would say as things have moved along, I've been more impactful in helping my friends collect toys. (laughs) For those of you that are not aware, in the last year, my pandemic thing has been getting back not only into professional wrestling, but also collecting toys again, which I had not collected for many years. I'm able to get out and I have a lot of stores around me. I have literally found everything of any kind of importance to people of our age range when it comes to G.I. Joe, Transformers, Master Universe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hot Wheels. Wonder Woman. Wonder Well, yes. Wonder Woman for you. Yes. Anything (laughs) Wonder Woman. Yes. You're going to have the biggest Wonder Woman collection and probably not know what half the things are, but that's okay because they're cool. They're very and, cool. and, and they need to be in your collection. But no, it's been it's been so much fun because I've met so many people mm-hmm. uh, doing it. And I, I have a mentality of I get things from my friends and it's cost plus shipping. I'm not trying to rip people off. I'm not on eBay selling things for triple and, quad, mm-hmm. and quadruple what they go for, which I could easily do. Right. Uh, I've picked up things that I could literally get and pay 30 or 40 dollars for them and turn around selling for 150 bucks. That's not me because I don't want other people doing that to me. And it's kind of fun because some people, Christopher Roscoe, for example, <laughs> that guy has a Ninja Turtles collection of some renown now because of what I've been able to find him and ship to California. But it's been a lot of fun because, again, I've got I've met some people along the way. And then some of the things that have come back from, a, you know, people helping me out find things mm-hmm. or at Christmas, for example, somebody sent me a $200 comic book that I did not have in my collection. It was the one of the few, very few GI Joe comics I don't own before. And he was like, Hey, you've helped me find X number of things. And I wanted you, I wanted you to have this. So it's those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've also acquired a new nickname. It is the turtle King. <laughs> so I, I am working on something with that now. Uh, no. not, not it, you know, bananas is still bananas, mm-hmm. but uh, turtle King look for something turtle King sooner than later. Cause it is something <laughs> I, I'm working on. <laughs> The nice thing I am seeing, though, now, Wendy, is that because supply chains are improving, because stores are getting more product in, people's need for me to find a bunch of stuff is is lessening, which is kind of nice. I, I, I'm yeah. still helping, but it's not like, hey, I'm going in and trying to find four and five of something. I may be looking for one or two you yeah. know, over the period of time. That's been a, a lot of fun, and some many people have seen my misadventures doing it. Yes. that's I think that's where I've been most impactful is helping people with their... Little spaceman, army man, <laughs> superhero man, whatever kind of thing, diecast cars, whatever it is, whatever their thing is. 
Love it. Josh Rock asked, what have you done recently to contribute to the good HR karma bank? So my office has recently exploded in size. We've had a lot of additional positions and we've had a lot of good turnover. I'll say that. We've had people moving on to bigger and better things. Um, And we are able to hire remote. So I have connected with quite a few of our HR friends who are out looking for work and uh, connecting them. I'm not privy to who's getting jobs yet because none of they haven't made final decisions yet. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I love about being in, in recruitment is helping people find jobs. And so just getting to make some of those connections with some of the work that we have and knowing that some of those great HR pros that have been out of work for a while um, that I might get to work with. There's a little, there's always a little bit of that selfish good in, in that HR karma, but um, being able to put jobs out for our HR friends really kind of given me some joy. Um, So I think, I think that's been some good HR karma out there. It's awesome. It's one thing to refer people or those, but you actually have work, tangible work that you can share is, is great. I'm continuing to look for ways to help other people in the podcast space, chats, books. We talk about a lot of our friends that are continuing to create new content. I, you know, I'm a huge believer that we all are all in this together. It is not a competition regardless of what anybody may tell you. I don't believe it is. And there's I think that, that there's, there is plenty of space because guess what? People are doing great things in different ways or talking about things that we don't know or understand or want to talk about. I need to try to look for ways for that. If anybody asks I set up time with them to talk about it because I get a lot of requests about, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Sometimes it ends with, oh, gee, I don't want to do this. And sometimes <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, well, I'll let you know. Or, hey, would you listen and tear it apart yeah. when I do it? And I'm happy to do either. I'm happy to go either way with it. But I think that's what I continue to try to do and contribute to that bank is how can we continue to support those other voices that are important and rising? Because I think that's one of the greatest things that we've seen in this show. How many guests we've had at this point? I can't even count. We, we should keep a spreadsheet somewhere. But if you think about, we let's should. say we let's say we've had a hundred. If we just had hundred and fifty guests, yeah. How many of those people had not done anything like this before, and now we've seen them just take off? Yeah, I love that. I love YouTube, that. But yeah. I think I think the more we can do that to share those voices, there's always new content. It's always great to see what people are doing. Yep, I agree. Those are the questions that that we wanted to answer. We certainly look forward to more uh, from guests as we go down the road. As we always ask, we we put it out there. Hey, ask us anything. So we did get questions. We had a few, a few new folks take part, one of which is Terry Milford. So Terry, thank you for sending yeah. us in. Wendy, her question is, how do you start difficult conversations? Uh, well, I'm South Dakotan, so I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that is one of the reasons that I, I went back into talent acquisition, because I didn't like those conversations. I didn't like having to sit down with somebody and you know tell them, you're doing a crappy job and, and here's your performance improvement plan or those kind of things. And I know that's not all of it, but one of the things that I've learned that I have to do is sit down and do it. You know, it's not the texts or the the instant messages from your boss that say we need to talk. I try to not do that. You know, when I was uh, doing offers and would have to call somebody and tell them they didn't get the job, I found it best to just say, hey, we won't Thanks for interviewing. We decided to go another direction. Fortunately, again, I don't have to do too much on that on that realm. Uh, you, though, I know you, uh, that's part of the work that you get to do. <laughs> it is. And I think 
nobody likes having these conversations, performance or Uh hygiene or harassment, whatever they are. We talk about, we have to observe things. And I, and I try to be, I'm very clear about why we're having the conversation. I stay detached from the standpoint that I don't think the person is a bad person. Right. This is the issue at hand. It's going to be difficult and we have to talk through this because it has to be addressed. But I think it's that, I don't want to say detached, but that's the word I'm thinking of. Try to be detached in that moment. Matter of fact, clear. If the person gets emotional, give them time to vent and be frustrated. I have a box of Kleenex in my office because sometimes those are needed. And it's not fun. I I would say, though, it got easier for me after I worked with unions (laughs) because I had, listen, when you're telling people that have been employed at a power plant for 35 years that the plant is shutting down and their jobs are going away, that's hard. That's really hard and is not fun. And hey, by the way, we're or you're we're selling your plant and you're getting bought by a bottom feeder organization that's going to gut your contract and take away most of your benefits. It's hard not to be detached because I feel badly for them, but it's part of my responsibility to make sure that they understand what the story is. Yeah. Those of you listening, if you're not familiar with Crucial Conversations, it's a great that's great one and training. Definitely. Switching gears a little bit, Melanie Peacock asks, what is the best part of being an HR professional? 10 years ago, I would have said it was getting people jobs and getting placed. Now I'm going to say it's the parties after conferences (laughs) and the friendships that I've developed. (laughs) HR people are amazing. I think, Wendy, we keep doing this for a reason. and, Mm -hmm. And we've met some amazing people that do really cool things. I say that half in jest. I do like to think I have moved the needle on something every day. Uh-huh. And if I can help somebody get better situated, better trained, more money, or get them out of a situation that's not positive, I feel like I've done something. The friendships and the relationships I've built with my peers, which I didn't have 10 years ago, uh-huh. going to conferences and having a cocktail or pizza or <laughs> Chinese food, whatever it French, is. Chinese. Hang, yeah, yeah, hanging out Happy is... Out, is yeah. Selfishly, that's probably my favorite part. (laughs) I'm going to say right now, it is the the fact that there are HR pros, there are HR organizations with HRs that are doing things right. That the work that we have done in pushing the needle and changing things is happening out there. And I'm fortunate to work for some great HR pros that are allowing us to do some interesting things and, and great research and trying to find you know, build talent pools where there aren't any, for goodness sakes, uh, unemployment in Sioux Falls is at like 2.5%. There's no people looking for work here, quite honestly. Um, So trying to find new and creative ways to doing that and really being in a place where we don't really get told no. It's like, let's go figure it out. Getting those yes and answers has been a lot of fun. And it's nice to see it in real life. I've, you know, we hear people talk about it, but it's nice to see people moving the needle in real life too. I think it's also nice to see, Wendy, that, oh, I don't know if I'd say it's the best part, but I will. It's nice to see that what you have done or what I have done, the experiences that we have, seeing what they have led to or that we actually know what the hell we're doing. Right. Is that considered <laughs> the best part? You know, it's almost kind of comical, particularly when I started getting asked, I know you've been writing for for yourself and for others. When people ask me to contribute quotes and things to books, I'm thinking, 
don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like the greatest faker right. of all time, but they keep coming back. So yeah. anyway, I guess it, I guess it's nice to think that, yeah, we know, we know, we know, we're, we're, do- we know we're doing. We know what we're, we doing. Know we're doing. We do. We do. <laughs> Tessa Brown asked, what have you learned about your HR peeps that surprised you the most? For me, it was when I found the HR community on Twitter and realized that not all HR people were like the ones that I worked with. Because I worked with a lot of old-fashioned, compliance-first offices. And to see that there's this wide breadth of people out there that want to move the needle, that want to make changes... And they're out there talking to each other about it. And so getting outside of my work bubble really helped me understand and get the confidence to say, yes, I do know what I'm talking about. That surprised me. That's been seven years, six years. That's probably been that. Aside from the fact that we have international HR peeps listening to the social hour, that has also very much surprised me. That's kind of where I was going to go. And that is, I can remember when we first started talking to some of our international peers with Sherm Conference and, and, and we had these conversations where we wrapped up and I'm listening back and editing and I'm thinking, holy cow, we're all dealing with the same stuff. Yeah, That's probably been the biggest surprise to me. And it doesn't matter what industry, what job really, what, and I would say what job, you know, kind of where you are in HR, your experience level, you know, because that's the other thing that surprised me is that I would have never thought I would have learned so much from newer people in our business, right, those right. emerging professionals. And that is, that's old man bias. I fully acknowledge that, <laughs> but I have learned so much from some of these amazing folks that we yeah. know. So that I'd say those two things. I think the, the fact that I was smart enough to open my ears and shut my mouth and listen to some of those newer people in our business, but also that the international issues, some of the things are not so complex. They really are comparable across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. I mean, the differences come down to the politics and policies, laws, and how you handle them, how, how, what your outcomes might, how your outcomes might be directed. But otherwise, people are people. They're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Jeff Pally asked, who do you consider to be your celebrity doppelganger or who would play you in the movie? Have I told the story on the show about being at a comic book convention and being mm-hmm. mistaken for an artist or a writer. I wish I could remember that guy's name because apparently I don't know how much of a celebrity he is, but in the comic book world, people at least kind of know who he is. And I'll try to find his name and put it in the show notes or something. Who would play me in a movie? I don't know. I don't know. I wish John Belushi was still around. I'd say him. Hey, hey. Living, I say it's our show, Living or Dead. Okay. I'd say John. I'd like John Belushi to play me in a movie. That would be good. Yeah, the celebrity doppelganger thing. For those of you who haven't heard the story, I was at a comic book convention in Baltimore, and this lady comes running up to me, and she's like, I know you, I know you. And I said, oh, wow, from what? And she said, you're a writer. And I no, I'm not. I'm a podcaster. And she said, no, no, you write you write such and such comic. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't know who you're, what you're talking about. And, and we ended up having like a 10-minute conversation. She was an art teacher in the Baltimore area, and she had brought students to the convention that we're drawing at the table to, you know, sell art and what have you. And we ended up talking about art for 10 minutes. And she, oh, she said, it. she said, you are so nice. I'm so glad I stopped you. And I said, well, I, I said, this is going to be really weird, but I have to ask you a question. She said, what's that? I said, would you take a picture with me? So there's this picture of me and this lady 
like, why am I taking a picture with this guy? It was just kind of bewildered. And one of my friends who owns a comic shop or manages a comic shop down in North Carolina is standing there with this look like, what in the blue hell is going on here? It is one of the funniest things. There were a handful of people were around hearing this whole thing go on. And she was just like, I'm so glad I stopped you because you're incredibly nice. And I'm like, well, I wish I knew who this guy was that you thought I was. Because she said, <laughs> oh, well, Bob told me that's who you are. I'm like, yeah, Bob, I don't know Bob either. but Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I was asked at another show one time, somebody said, Oh, or don't you do this? I'm like, no, I'm a podcaster. I was just like, you know, <laughs> brushes with fame at not at an HR conference yes. are, are that much more surreal, Wendy. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Maybe. I don't know. I think that would be weird. The first time I was ever asked to sign a comic book, I was, I'm, I was drawn in one. And so the guy was getting everybody that worked on the comic to sign it. And then he had me sign it. He had Jacob sign it. That was pretty damn cool that's awesome. to say that's you know hey somebody needs john thurman's signature in a comic book there you go there you, you go. know where to yeah. find me i think i know who you're gonna say who would you who's your daughter i, I want to know who you who you would say i'm gonna say tina fey yeah that's who that's who i would say it, it's you know she's one of those people after i was an adult and and discovered her i was like i, I want to be tina fey when i grow up and she's like maybe two years older than me but <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Tina Fey, have you seen the new show Girls 5 Eva? No. I think it's Meredith Scardino, who worked on Kimmy Schmidt and okay. uh, Good News, is the creator, and Tina Fey and her husband are producers on it, but it's about this washed-up girl band. It is, <laughs> Wendy, it is so funny. Sarah Bareilles is the lead, and oh. then um, Elise, somebody from Hamilton, is in it. Okay. And Paula Pell who is like queen of comic actors now. She's in her late 50s in real life. She's supposed oh. to be playing like a 40-year-old woman. And the explanation of how she got to be, because Paula Pell's a good-sized lady, yeah. the way they explain all that is unbelievably funny. Busy Phillips. So it's the it was a five-act. Oh. Five, I'm just going to tell you, because it was five girls in the group. The fifth one died when she was swimming in a, what, what's the pool called? That, uh, the infinity in, pool? Infinity pool. And she swam over the edge <laughs> off, the top of a, off the top of an apartment building. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All original music. It is really funny. It's I on, on Peacock, list. I believe. Okay. Yeah, but it's okay. called Girls 5 Eva. It Girls is. Girls 5 Eva. Because oh, forever's not show. long enough. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I do love Busy Phillips. I think she is hysterical. So, and I think I remember seeing that advertised, but if it's on Peacock, we don't have that. So I'm going to have to figure out how to watch it. You, get, you can get us, if you know, worse oh. comes worse, I'll send you mine. But yeah, it, <laughs> it's in that whole vein of Kimmy Schmidt, Good News, uh, all it. those shows. Awesome. And so, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I was, it was right. really, really funny. I'll add really funny. List. Chris Hadley asked oh. several questions. Yes, so we'll did. go back and forth here, but yes. I'll start with. What superhero or G.I. Joe character, thanks, Chris, would portray you in a movie? So I was confused by this question. So is it that they would portray me or I would portray them? I assume it means would portray you. Would portray me. Oh, that, you know, that's harder because there's not as many female options out there. I don't know. I, you know, the easy answer is Wonder Woman, but I don't feel like that's the right one. Okay, I'm going to go weird here. Okay. I'm going to go weird. Um, I, I'm going to say uh, the Zenadea MJ. Okay. I, I'm going to go with her because okay. that's kind of, that's a little bit of who I was in, in high school. Um, maybe I was probably a little more preppy than she is, um, her MJ, but just that 
I'm too smart for you guys. I don't know why I'm here. Can I just, <laughs> can I just leave now? <laughs> I appreciate Chris uh, opening up the scope a little bit. For me, the character Breaker from G.I. Joe would play me. Breaker is the telecommunications specialist <laughs> of, the jo- of the original okay. Joe's. And he's the reason I wear a beard. He was the first action figure I had with a beard. Alvin Kibbe, Breaker, would be John Thurman in a movie. If you could have an entrance song for every time you arrived somewhere, what would it be? Up until this past year, and in fact, I got to use it at least once, was Working Man by Rush. Now, because of my renewed interest in wrestling, Io Shirai, who is a Japanese wrestler in NXT, which is one of the WWE brands, she has this entrance music called Tokyo Shock. (laughs) which is just slamming. It's awesome. And I'll probably play it under somewhere in this show because I just, I, it's so awesome. And it just bangs and she comes out and she wears a leather jacket and she's got strobe lights hitting her and she comes out and screams and hollers and runs down the aisle. Tokyo shock. Io Shirai's entrance theme would be my new show music because also, as we've talked about, I still am interested in getting us HR podcast tag team champion belts that I would wear over my shoulder at a conference, I would wear it up on stage because I want people to look at me and go, what the hell is that guy doing? Ashley, MTM, come on. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to reopen that conversation later this year. But yeah, I I know I would probably be the only person doing that. And hey, I I know somebody in the podcast community, she wears a sash everywhere she goes. She gets a lot of uh, of feedback on it. So why can't I be the guy with a wrestling belt and playing a a Japanese female wrestler's entrance music? That sounds very on brand. <laughs> I thought about this for you, but I'm not sure. I want to see what your answer is. I go back and forth. The first would be applause by Lady Gaga. Okay. Hey, applause. Come on. Applause, applause, applause. The other one is, it's kind of a cheat, but uh, Windy by the Association. It's just one of those songs that inevitably, it's been a while, but for a long time, I would get that sung to me. Um, and so it's like, hey, let's all. <laughs> I would say if you're going to use that, I would use the version from the Drew Carey show where he and Mr. Wick. Have you ever seen that episode? Oh and, he, my gosh. and Mr. Wick plays the harp. Yes. And he's playing the harp and they sing Wendy. That is one of the funniest things they ever did on that show. <laughs> yes. I had completely forgotten about that. Um, yeah. That's... Craig Ferguson with another accent is so weird to hear now. Yes. With his British accent. You know, that show was was so brilliant. I can't believe it's not on a streaming service. I am as well. It had some very, very inventive stuff. The mm-hmm. musical numbers every year yeah. they do one of those big dream sequences. Yeah. Those were always hilarious. Particularly when Mr. Wick came on. Yes. Yeah. I, I will never forget that episode of them, but him playing Wendy on the harp was so ridiculous. Oh, I, I may have to uh, pull that. It's got to be on YouTube. And so that might have to get shared tonight. <laughs> Chris's next question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Just yes. Does that, do you disagree or? I was going to say this. Pineapple may belong on your pizza, but I don't want it on mine. Oh, there you go. It's kind of like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Right. I think this seems to be a very divisive thing. (laughs) Hey, look, follow your bliss, right? I don't think you're going to find pineapple, though, on Deep Dish in Chicago, I think. No. Extra sausage, please. That's not where it was going wrong. I mean, it would be good there. You need it on a thin crust with that. And then I haven't done an eponymous plug in a while, but they have a pineapple sour right now. 
that I did enjoy with a friend. We had a Hawaiian pizza with pineapple on it, enjoyed their sour with it, and it was a great match. So it doesn't belong on every pizza. How about that? <laughs> Again, follow your bliss. If you want pineapple on your yes, pizza, go for it. Exactly. Just like I enjoy anchovies and many people don't. Hey, I like anchovies on pizza when it's appropriate. When it's appropriate, yes. <laughs> oh, his last question is is a little weird, but what is your favorite word to say? <laughs> and it's going to be bleep, so people are going to wonder what I say. What did he say? What did he say? I like that old Inside the Actor Studio was on, and he used to ask your favorite curse word. Mm-hmm. It has so many uses, good, bad, and indifferent. That's my favorite. It does. Yeah, this one was a little uh, little bit harder for me. Um, I'm going to go around along the same vein and say frick. And why frick is okay and not the other version, I don't know. One of those things, conversations my daughters and I have been having recently around swear words and language and that sort of thing. And, you know, they're words. And for some reason, some are deemed bad and some are be deemed okay. But frick, frick, frick works for me. As I've told you before, not for nothing, but when you talk about swear words, I dream of the day that I get to go to Deadwood because I want them to call me all the names in that show. Because that, while the language is rough, the actual dialogue, the language yeah. in that show is so amazing. Is I've never heard so many curse words at once, I don't think. <laughs> so I think Melanie Hellman is going for Kate Bischoff's crown. Yes, I think This so. episode. I think Kate bowed to her. <laughs> and the first question is, what is your favorite Marvel movie? Uh, I'm going to say Captain Marvel. I liked it as far as an origin story. It's nice to see a female origin story. (laughs) We've got two, one DC, one Marvel. I enjoyed it. And there's probably a little bit of nostalgia that I enjoyed since it was set in the the 90s. But hearing the 90s music and uh, Samuel Jackson back, I liked it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm going to pull something our guests do quite often, and I'm going to say two. <laughs> but they're very different, and I think one of the reasons I'm, I enjoy those movies so much is that tonally they're so different from one another. Right. first one is Captain America Winter Soldier, which is just a tremendous espionage spy yes. movie. Take them out of the costumes, and there's still a really compelling story there. All the Captain America movies are great, but Cap Winter Soldier. The other one is Thor Ragnarok, and that is because... That, to me, is this crazy fever dream of a comic book movie. It also gives us the first glimpse of Beta Ray Bill, who more than likely appear in the Marvel Universe sooner than later. When he does, I will cry openly. He is my favorite character that's not out. And for those of you who aren't aware, Beta Ray Bill is basically a horse guy that was deemed worthy to carry Mjolnir. Well, because Thor had Mjolnir, uh, Odin had a Stormbreaker built for him, which was the axe. And so when the axe is made in... Infinity, Infinity thank you. I, yeah, it's hard to remember. So in Infinity War, when they make the axe and it comes down with Thor, that opens us up now to have Beta Ray Bill get the axe at some point. I agree with both of those. I, those are both great movies. That's kind of why I was hesitating because I, I like them all. Uh, I like those three. Th- those are fun. Maybe we flip it a little bit. Which one do you not like? Thor Dark World. Okay. I struggle with that one. Um and we're kind of to the point now where, where we can skip it. If we decide to, you know, marathon, we don't have to watch that one. One of Maggie's friends was like, hey, I'm finally going to watch the Marvel movies. What order should I watch them in? And I said, tell her to skip Dark World. It doesn't, I mean, how much does it add to the overall plot? And it plods along and 
there's some good parts. I mean, it's got Loki, but yeah. The one that disappointed me the most, and it's very divisive because I know people that love it, and then a lot of people like me that just didn't like it was Iron Man 3. The thing that really bugs me about Iron Man 3 is the end credits because it's all of a sudden this movie that's kind of all over the place tonally. At the end, it becomes like a buddy cop, greatest hits, real. And I never could, I just couldn't wrap my head around, like, what is going on here? And, like, I was, uh, anyway, if you disagree, share it on Twitter. We yeah. put it out there. <laughs> what is your retirement dream? You know, Wendy, I've come to the realization I don't think I'll ever retire. I, I just don't <laughs> think I'm going to be able to do that. For those of you who don't know, my parents have both been retired since the mid-90s. They were both career teachers. My mom taught 31 years. My dad taught 29 years. And my mom will be 30 years in 2024 that she's been retired. Wow. They did temp work for about two years. They were just bored, like they tried to figure out what to do. And since then, when they had grandchildren, and they effectively stopped working probably about 1997, okay. uh, not doing anything. I don't know. I think I've been so fortunate in the last many years to be able to do this and do mm-hmm. start doing other things that I really enjoy. I always say I want to open that comic book and toy shop down the road. Maybe that's what it is. I don't I haven't really thought about it. And I know we're at that age where we're supposed to, but work keeps coming. And I think we both know there's plenty of work to be done and not enough people to do it, at least for the foreseeable future. True, true, true. True, true, true. I assume ice cream is in your retirement dream at some place. Probably. There's probably some ice cream, maybe an ice cream truck. I don't know that I ever want to have a building to maintain um, rent or whatever. Otherwise, I don't know that that's where I, I want to go. Rocky and I have talked, and now we have a camper. We have talked about traveling around and staying in like uh, state parks and national parks, doing that kind of thing. We'll see how much driving we want to do, which is the downside to having the RV. But I do say, I say I, I do want to retire because I don't want to be stuck in one spot. I mean, even though I'm working full-time, working from home now, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable working from a um, national park or state park from the, from the camper. That doesn't mean I'd stop working. I think, you know, there'd be the ice cream, there'd be podcasting, there'd be writing, there'd be something. Not that I'm saying we're still going to be doing this when we're retired, when I'm in, we're in our 60s, but maybe some form of this. I don't know. I don't, yeah, like you, I don't think I'll ever stop working, working, but... I don't see, I do see me retiring from Sanford. I'll say that. (laughs) Or from whatever company I happen to be working, working for at the time. What is the next conference you think you'll attend in person? Well, I know the next comic book convention I will be attending in person is next month here in Richmond. It's a very small show and one that I've Virginia comic con, which I've worked with for many years. As far as HR conferences, Wendy, I don't know. I don't know at this point been really fortunate to do a lot in the virtual space in the last bit of time, you know, certainly always open to doing that, interested in, in in attending something again. I'm not, I'm still not real hip on flying. I just don't want to get on a plane right now still. And maybe that'll change in three or four months. Yeah. I don't have a plan. I don't have, you know, somebody keeps, I've had several people ask me, I've been doing other, I've been doing some comic book related things and people are like, Oh, what, you know, what's the next, what's your big convention? Like really the next really big convention I'm excited about is not until next summer. That's in Charlotte. HR conference? Uh, I don't know. know. Uh, Well, mine will be Disrupt HR, Brookings. And then I'm speaking at South Dakota's state conference. That's in Sioux Falls. I mean, those are 200, 300 people, so it's not going to be huge. 
nationally, I don't know. I'd probably be uh, looking forward to when Work Human goes back into per in person and maybe look at uh, at that as an option. Or um, if one of our favorite vendors decides to have another conference, that would be fun too. But I'm actually I am getting on a plane in August. Uh, booked a flight to go out and visit some friends in Montana. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, there's a little bit of me that's wary about getting on an airplane. Favorite state you've ever visited? This is very challenging. Is it places we've not lived? Mm. Because now I would say Kentucky is my favorite place I visit because my family sure. is still there. I haven't lived there for 20 years. But is that really visiting? I still consider it home, right? Right. You and I have both lived in many different places yep. in, in our lives. And I, it's always kind of fun. You kind of look and look back and look at the map and you go, wow, I've, I've gotten to see quite a bit of this country. <laughs> Hawaii was cool when I got to visit Hawaii. Maybe so if I, I don't know, <laughs> I'd say Hawaii, favorite city. I love Chicago, but I, I lived in, you know, I lived in Chicago land. I, I didn't just visit. I lived there, right? Right. I lived in Kansas City, Nashville. I lived in Nashville. I didn't yeah. live in Hawaii. So I'm going to say Hawaii. That's, okay. that, that was cool quite pleasant. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm going to say Oregon. I, I like it because you have mountains, you have the ocean, uh, you do not have, typically have the high heat that we have in other parts of the country. So it was on our list of places that we would be willing to move to when we were looking at that. I think that's probably at top of my list of places to visit. I want to visit Portland. We have mm -hmm. several friends out that way, Mark yeah. Alphonse included. After watching Portlandia, I, I'd like to get out there at some point and check it out. It's a lot of fun. They have a, a great uh, used bookstore there, which uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. I'm sure there are many. It's like the largest used bookstore in the world. Um, wow. I'm cool. sure Mark will correct us on uh, on Twitter. I want to say it's it starts with a P, but Powell's. I think it's called Powell's. Okay. Mark, Mark will correct me, I'm sure. But yeah, so hey, Oregon, uh, if you have a state conference there, you need some podcasters, hey. We'll come. We'll come. <laughs> I love the specificity of this one. Yes. Favorite flavor of flavor ice popsicles. Oh, you know, the, we have these in the house all the time still. <laughs> um, I love the grape. I mean, it's not grape, but I love purple. the grape. It's purple. purple. It's purple. Purple, it's purple. is a fruit? Purple, purple is a fruit? Purple is a fruit. <laughs> purple is my, flavor, is my favorite flavor ice. I haven't had one in years we don't we don't have those in the house i don't remember ever having no. those around when They're the like, kids were little it's like three bucks for giant package of them so we just summertime comes and we buy them and throw them in the deep freeze and find plastic wraps everywhere because <laughs> jesse forgets to throw them away <laughs> so we're saying purple slash purple. grape purple uh last question from melanie favorite girl scout cookie tag along Hands down. No, no contest. I will never turn down a Thin Mint. I'll never turn down a Tag Along. My favorite lately, um, and uh, unfortunately I have heard it is going to be discontinued, um, and it is not from the baker that I have, so it's harder for me to get, but the Lemonades. It is a crispy lemon cookie with uh, a lemon frosting on it, like a thick layer of frosting. Makes the best s'more. You get hmm. like a little uh, lemon chiffon pie type s'more flavor, and it is, it's nice. I, I really do enjoy that cookie so much so that I have supported girls in other councils having them sent. <laughs> I can't remember if this is the last year or next year is the last year for them. 
we I think four of us bought like two cases of them. So wow, <laughs> never heard of it. It's a it was it was new four or five years ago. Okay. Um, so and some of those the not so you're always going to have there's five you're always going to have you're going to have a thin mint tagalong samoa a peanut butter sandwich cookie and the um, the tray foil or the shortbread cookie those five will never go away and now somebody will probably change something but there's others additional flavors that we that change every few years or so the peanut butter short that's dosi dough right or is that dosey called dough. something different it's called okay. it's a dosi dough yeah okay yeah it's a peanut it's a peanut butter sandwich cookie and yeah i like those two those are good um I like to not good tag along, but good enough. No, I crush those up and put them in in with uh, like a, a ice cream topping. There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the yes. questions from our listeners, our number one fan, number one fan, Mary Williams. What are your goals and dreams for the social hour in the coming year and in the next few years? Wow. And we should be clear: we have not discussed these questions at all. We have not. <laughs> whatever comes out next is whatever's coming out. So the HR Social Hour Network TV network is coming out soon with stream. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) John, we have kind of played this by ear for the last few years and just kind of ridden along. I'm kind of okay with that for a while. I'm kind of in that mode too of what's next. What are are we going to do? What should we do next? And I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of ways we could go. There's a lot of different interesting things we could do, but I don't want to just, I don't want to do something for the sake of doing it. I don't want to like start Instagram live for the sake of doing Instagram live. I don't think that's us. I don't think that's our audience. Other people are doing it and they're doing it very well. What do we do next? I don't know. What are are your thoughts on that? I think about these things a lot. You you know that because I'll text you all (laughs) kinds of days of the hour and night with ideas that pop into my head and I've been so pleased and we say humble a lot, humbled a lot at this experience. I want to continue to expand our international reach. I think what you mentioned early in the outset about another international month or two is certainly something that I am targeting would very much enjoy doing because I think it, it just opens our audience here up to so many other people we've been incredibly fortunate to build an audience to have people participate at all levels, all types of things, sponsors of all different types of shapes and forms that are doing great things in our community and want to be part of our community, which is so we, as we've talked about so many times, it's so critical to us. We don't do this because of the potential income. That was never the plan. Right. While we are appreciative and it has offered opportunities and, and opportunities to speak and go to conferences and literally go to the other side of the country, mm-hmm. those things have come out of this. And yep. so I, I think about, you know, what are my goals? The short term, it's to keep putting out great content, to meet more engaging people, to bring back more people. I love the where are they nows. Mm-hmm. And I like having people back to have those conversations. A short-term goal that was not going to work, and we'll we'll share it here yeah. because we can. We are hitting the hundred thousand download mark very soon. Oh my god! Which is again astounding. Yes. For us, and to think three and a half years ago, I can remember we got a hundred downloads. How exciting that right. was! Right. Right. But a hundred thousand is a really really big deal, and we're really proud of it. And we had we had this great idea 
that we were going to make a beer. Yeah. And Wendy's connections at eponymous that we thought, Oh, this is, and I, I started thinking through this and how could we market it? And, you know, and how could we get them to distribute it for us? Yeah. So that literally you, at least you in the United States, you could order a beer, a, a big can. Yeah. Unfortunately, liquor laws vary from state to state. It's just not feasible right now. So that we have put that on the back burner for the time being. Now, if everyone I will, wants to come to South Dakota. Yes. Yes. If we could, if we ever have an event somewhere that yeah. we can get that, we are going to make it happen. <laughs> I would have never thought about, hey, let's try to make a beer or let's make bottle openers or let's do this. What What else can we do? Or what, what have we done? Or that people are wearing our t-shirts and doing things and helping us support us that way. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think hitting the hundred thousand is the next big, it's the goal that I would have never had for the, for us, but we're going to hit it soon. The goal of hitting every continent is getting awful close. If we get, mm-hmm. if we get one in Greenland, Wendy, we will have the entire podcast map. We will have at least a download in all the, on all the major land masses wow. in the world. And again, that's Even crazy. Antarctica? Antarctica, they don't track. Oh, okay. I think because it's sense, so few people. Yeah. There's so few people there that, yeah, they don't, they don't, I'm not so, aware of any podcast tracking that tracks them. So, so it's, it's off the map. Go to Antarctica. Kate Bischoff, come on. You know, she wants to go just download us there and like take a snapshot so we can say we're on all seven con. <laughs> I assume track. they have I IP. They, I don't know how the internet works there. It's all satellite, right? Right. I, I don't know. right. The international audience and continuing to grow that. I love where the chats have gone this year mm-hmm. and continuing to bring more people in to partner with us on those because we're having conversations in the Wendy that you, I think you'll agree. We would have never had oh. a conversation about philosophy and HR or how, how we <laughs> apply philosophical components to what we do. That's not us. No. However, it is people in our community and people that are passionate and smart and put things together that are incredibly fun and, and engaging. So yeah, Mary, I don't know if that answered your question. We get a lot of bright ideas and sometimes we, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. British yeah. invasion. I, I came up with that. I don't yeah. know how and I did. I and it, it was great. We've started talking about what other countries could we do in that same vein. Okay. So I have a long-term goal for us. Okay. We podcast from another country. I think that's a wonderful idea. There's got to be international events happening soon in the next few years. Not soon, but, you know, they'll be happening again. So, hey, somebody invite us and we can podcast from another country. I think that's a great goal. Well, I, you know, seriously, I think that's a great yeah. goal. I think that's something we could I think, and it, it's could describe to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. All right. We have a prize, right? <laughs> Maybe. Wendy, come on. <laughs> It's me you're talking to and the listeners. Of course we have a prize. I'm going to get out the wheel. You're going to spin it. All right. All right. Give it a whirl. Here we go. And the winner is Chris Hadley. That was not biased for his G.I. Joe question. (laughs) Chris will be in touch and we we will be sending something your way. For those of you listening, send a question next time and maybe you'll be up. You'll be up for a prize. We we like prizes. (laughs) I like prizes. You do like prizes. 
Well, Wendy, it's it's hard to believe we've answered all the questions for yeah. at least this go round. Just to kind of let people know, 175 is a where are they now? We're excited about where that's going to be. Yeah. We've got several guests and, and and we're also very excited. We will be having a new sponsor in July. We'll announce that on Yay. episode 175. Look forward to that uh, announcement. I think if there we didn't go. cover it, as I used to say <laughs> on the other show, if we didn't cover it this time, we'll cover it next time. Exactly. To that end, yes. if listeners are not connected with you, best way to find you out there. Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily Ds and dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, join us for our twice monthly Twitter chat, 7 p.m. Eastern time, hashtag HR social hour. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, HR social hour podcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, follow. Yes. Whatever platform you're on, just hit that follow button. Yes. It helps us out tremendously. International listeners, We've talked about it the whole show. Please reach out. Let's talk. Let's find those times to have conversations. And you could ask us anything. Maybe we'll answer your questions, too. Of course. So, Wendy, again, congratulations for getting to 174 numbered shows. Uh, Look forward to seeing you at 175. And so, for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.